looking back I press into a higher place No longer will I Be deceived by the the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the lover of our souls. You are our healer. We honor you on today because you are Abba Father. Because you can do anything but fail. Because you are with us. Because you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, gracious God, that you know the end from the beginning, that you hold all things in your hand. Thank you for being our comforter. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Bless us afresh here today, God. Thank you for your word that cannot return void. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Thank you for doing what you do. God, when you do it again, we'll be careful to give you all of the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise because you are an awesome God with a sweet spirit. Thank you for the sweet spirit in this place. Bless my neighbor now, God, to overflowing in the name of Jesus. You know what it took for them to get here. So meet their need right now, God. Turn it around as only you can loose my stammering tongue we decrease that you might increase it's in Jesus name we pray and all those who love the Lord said amen and amen I dare you to give God a shout of praise this morning come on just for who he is now I want you to give him praise for who he is to you Hallelujah. Give him one more shout for what he's about to do in your neighbor's life. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Give God praise for our worship and arts ministry, if you would. Amen, amen. God is good.
You just got to take time to worship him because he's worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Do we have any veterans, any veterans, any servicemen and women? If you just wave your hand like you care. Amen. Now I want y'all to give God a shout of praise for them. We praise God for you. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Hallelujah. To make sure that we're free to come and worship God in this place. Come on, give God glory, if you would, one more time. Amen. Now I want y'all to give God praise for my millennials and Gen Zs who went to vote. Hallelujah, this past Tuesday. Come on, give God praise for them making the difference, making sure democracy stands strong. I just want to know, do you need a word this morning? I need one, I need one, and I know it's a word from God because everything that could happen on the way here happened starting at 7 o'clock this morning. But how many of y'all know that the devil is a liar, that what God has for you is for you? I'm going to have fun preaching the devil off of everything. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, verse 48, said, would you give God praise for my baby girl that read this morning? Amen. We're raising him up. Hallelujah. Verse 48 says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And he fell face down on the ground. I want you to speak prophetically to somebody and just tell them real good, they going down. Uh-huh, tell somebody else they, they, men, they, they going down. Tell somebody they going down, they going down. Uh, your Goliath is going down. Uh, your giant is going down. That enemy is going down. I wish y'all would shout like you believed it. Give God a victory shout in advance. You may be seated on your way down, just tell them they're going down, they're going down, they ain't going down. You need to get ready to defeat your enemy because that enemy uh, is going down. That giant is going down. How many of y'all got at least one giant in your life? All of us got at least one, at least one giant. Giants are in our lives, those obstacles, those formidable foes, those figments of our imagination, those hindrances, those external giants, those internal giants, those things that you've been dealing with that stand between you and your destiny. They come in the form of things and they come in the form of people. 
There are giants at work, giants at school, giants in your home, giants in your mind. There's giants of unforgiveness. There's giants of bitterness. You've got giants in your life. But God told me to declare and decree that every giant that you've been dealing with is on a time limit and they're going down in the name of Jesus. I wish you just point up and down your row and just tell them they're going down. They're going going down they're going down hear me real good hear me real good when last we were together we talked about next level anointing do I have any folk who understand that they are experiencing a next level anointing somebody holler real good I'm anointed say it again I'm anointed we said you want to be anointed because the anointing destroys the yoke the anointing gets that burden off of you, including those enemies that are after you. Somebody holler, I'm anointed. Uh, we want a next level anointing. But next level, we said, causes next level devils. You need a next level anointing because you got some next level devils who are trying to keep you from your destiny. But I wish you'd give God one more shout of praise because it's all over but the shout. Somebody give God glory because God is doing it. Next level anointing. You need the oil to flow because you got some giants that need to go down not yesterday but today they 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 need to be done today somebody holler today I believe this text can help us a bit. Can we just roll it? I need you to keep your Bibles open. I need to keep your phones open because we're going to walk and talk so that God can work this thing out so that you can be clear of how to get rid of your Goliath. Somebody holler, they're going down, they're going down. By the time we get to our text, the oil has flowed upon David. He's been anointed as king, yet... Saul is still on the throne. He's been anointed as king, but Saul is still on the throne. But because of Saul's disobedience, Israel is still dealing with their foes, the Philistines. Because of Saul's disobedience, Israel is still having to deal with their age-old enemies. That's why you don't want to be disobedient because the sooner you walk in obedience, the quicker God can exterminate your enemies in your life. Somebody walk with me. Now, if we look at verse 1 of chapter 17, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their voices for war and assembled at Soka in Judah. They pitched a, a camp at Ephes Damim between Sukho and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. And a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, 
came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. The Philistines and the Israelites drew a line in the sand. They drew up their battle lines and they came for war. But the Philistines had a champion named Goliath. The Philistines and Israel came to war, but the Philistines had an advantage because they had a champion named Goliath. Champion means the man between the two. He was a representative for combat. In other words, they picked him because he was the baddest to stand between them and their enemy for one-to-one -one combat. Somebody holler one-to-one -one combat. The crazy thing about it is Goliath was the ultimate fighting champion. He would have been considered the greatest MMA fighter of all times. Greater than John Jones, greater than George St. Pierre, greater than Anderson Silva. The young folk know who I'm talking about. He was the baddest cat in the land at the time. And the Bible says he was huge. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. Hit somebody and holler, that was a big boy. Uh, not only was he a big boy, but his, his armor seemed impenetrable. If you look at verse 5 of our text, it says that he was, he was basically sheathed in metal. The boy, verse 5, had a bronze helmet designed, specially designed for representative combat. He was, uh, his trunk was protected by a coat of scale armor of, of bronze weighing 126 pounds. Uh, he had bronze greaves on. Uh, his knees and his shin were protected uh, uh, by, by, by greaves, uh, by, 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 by bronze. He had a javelin that was slung over his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. The tip of his spear weighed 15 pounds. If it didn't stab you, he'd beat you to death with it. It, 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 was, it was deep. Tell somebody that was a bad boy. Can I help you with something? You will always perceive that your giant is bigger than you are. It ain't a giant unless it's perceived to be bigger than you are. Hear me real good. And if that wasn't enough, verse 8 says that Goliath came out, stood, and shouted at the ranks of Israel. You wonder why we always shouting at church, because I'm trying to get you used to the fact that the enemy shouts at you to talk you out of your game. Some of us, it ain't even a fight. You ain't even got in the fight yet. The deal that the enemy makes noise keeps us from doing what God has ordained. As Goliath shouted. Somebody holler, Goliath shouted. Verse 8, it says he shouted and said, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? He said, choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we'll become your slaves. But if I kill him, y'all going to become our slaves. Look at what it says in verse 11. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites 
were dismayed and terrified. This dude comes out and says, today I defy the armies of Israel. And the only response that King Saul and the rest of the so-called warriors had was to run, tuck, and hide and be dismayed and terrified. Goliath shouted and the people trembled. Goliath shouted and the armies were terrified. Can I help you? Fear of our giant is the preeminent power over us. It ain't the giant himself. It's our fear of the giant that keeps us from being and doing what God has for us to do. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Huh? Uh, 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 come on. Reverend Vera used to always say, fear is false expectation appearing real. It looks real. It smells real. It walks real. It talks real. But it ain't real. Here is what always gets me. Not a punch was thrown. Nobody had shot an arrow. Nobody had went down from a joker cutting off their arm with a sword. No, nothing had happened yet. Uh, but the Bible says in verse 24 that whenever he came out, whenever they saw him, they fled and ran from him and they scattered. Hit somebody and tell them, quit running from your enemy. He only shouted. He hadn't done nothing yet. He shouted. He was engaged in psychological warfare. The spirit of intimidation was at work. Oh, y'all don't hear me. That's what strong men do. Before they come at you, they get in your head by talking you out of your game before you move. Y'all ain't hearing me. From Hitler to Stalin to Mussolini to Gaddafi to Saddam Hussein to Putin to Trump to the joker on your block that you used to run from to your domestic demon that's beating the hell out of you in your house. Before they touch you, it starts with talking you out of your game. It's verbal abuse first before the other abuse happens because if they can talk you out of it first when they beat the hell of you you ain't even got sense enough to leave because they didn't made you think you deserve it the devil is a liar up in here i'm gonna break the back of the enemy off of your stuff so that you can quit getting the hell beat out of you and say hit me again Oh, I know I went through to get here because some of y'all look Christian, but you living in a hell hole because they talk you out of your kingdom living. They talk you out of your next dimension. They talk you out of what God has for you. They abuse you with threats of violence, with threats of withholding with threats of taking your financial security, with threats of outing you. Y'all don't want to play with me today. The threat of escalation. Some of y'all won't even have real conversations in your marriage. You got, you living in false peace. 
I just want to keep the peace. It ain't no peace if you can't talk about what's disturbing the peace. So you afraid they gonna blow up if you raise that subject. Well, you don't even have a relationship if you can't raise a subject. That's why you on the phone with the adulterer. Because you can talk to them about stuff you can't talk to them about. Oh, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna go in. I got my gym shoes on, I can run. Goliath looked bad, but he wasn't bad. He's just like any other insecure pimp. Pimps will keep you on the corner as long as they can get in your head. I'm going to take my time. Here's where we mess up. It's the threat of escalation that keeps us from elevation. It's the threat of rejection. It's the threat of exposure. You wouldn't even go ask them to dance because of the threat of rejection. And a little funny looking joker who had been rejected all their life walked away with the queen because you was afraid to be rejected. It's the threat of your boss firing you. It's the threat of them slamming a door. It's the threat of them taking your children. It's the threat that keeps you from being who God has ordained you to be. It's the threat of being broke that keeps you from tithing. It's the threat. So you let the enemy talk you out of what God has for you. You too gifted. You too called. You are too anointed. You're too intelligent. And you're too extraordinary to allow an enemy talk you out of it before anything. You won't even take the boards. You, you won't even take the exam because you're scared of failing. It's the fear of it that, it that keeps you from doing it. Have you ever looked back over your life and said, I don't know what I was afraid of. I spent three months in travail and it only took 15 minutes. I could go right now and be done. Here's the wild thing. Your giant, real or imaginary, will hold you hostage as long as you let them. You can be in it for 15 years and still be held hostage because until you're ready to confront that giant, that joker gonna sit up, sit on your couch, watch your TV, eat a ham sandwich and not give you the remote. You're going to literally underwrite and feed your Goliath with your fear. Oh, I'm going to keep walking on. The Bible says in verse 16 that for 40 days, 
the Philistine came back and forth every morning and evening, took his stand back and forth every morning and evening for 40 days. 40 is the number of testing. 40 is the number of probation. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. Look at somebody say, I don't have that kind of time. I, I, I don't have that kind of time. That for, for 40 years, and what you need to understand is the job of the enemy is to intimidate you and overwhelm you in order to paralyze you. I don't care how many New Year's Eves we have, it will not be your year if you remain as, as paralyzed as you were in 1985 in 2023. What you need to understand is you got to make up your mind to say, time's up, it's done, there's an eviction notice, I'm not playing with you anymore, this is over, I ain't messing with you, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here because it's last call. It's done, it's over it's complete every spirit of intimidation needs a spirit of David to show up on the scene that means beloved that means chieftain do I have any Davids and Davas up in here who will give God some praise because it's time for you to move verse 17 says now Jesse said to his son David Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance with, from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Jesse David's daddy sends him to check on the other three older boys who are at war with the Philistines. They're in Saul's army. Davy's not there because Davy is obviously too young. You got to be at least 20 years old to be in the war. But his daddy sends him to check on his brothers because he ain't big enough to be in the war yet. Do you hear me real good? But let me give you something for free. In order to prepare for your giant, you must remain faithful to the tasks and the duties to which you've been assigned. You've got to remain faithful to those mundane tasks that you do every day of your life. Y'all don't hear me good. I'm, let me talk to this side. You see, many of us want to do great stuff, but we ain't learned how to do the grunt stuff. The grunt stuff is preparation for the great stuff. If you get to the great stuff before you learn the grunt stuff, you're going to get punked at the height of your greatness. Hear me, please. Hear me. David, y'all, hear me. David was anointed to be king in chapter 16. He, after he was anointed to be king in chapter 16, what do you think David did? David went back to start dealing with the sheep even though he was anointed as king. Reggie, what did I say? I, I said, he was anointed as king. God called him from the sheep to receive the oil. After he received the oil, he went back 
to dealing with the sheep. After being anointed on Sunday, he went back to work on Monday. After being anointed and ordained as a minister, he went back to picking up trash in the youth ministry. Oh, y'all ain't hearing your boy real good. And the Bible says he was anointed. Uh, he went back to the sheep. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14, but the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit, a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. David was anointed, but Saul, the spirit was no more, and an evil spirit was now tormenting him. Servants came to King Saul and said, there's an evil spirit on you. You need to get someone who plays the harp so that when that spirit comes on you, it will drive uh, that evil spirit off of you. Y'all don't hear me. Verse 21 of chapter 16 says, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Say armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse and said, please let your son David come and work for me. Whenever the spirit, verse 23, from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Oh, somebody hear me in the spirit real good. The enemy wants to get you to stop doing what God has assigned you to. Because what God has assigned you to now doesn't seem glamorous enough. But what you need to understand, ministers of music, that when you play, it's not just a gig. When you play your instruments, you ought to be so anointed that it can drive an evil spirit that's trying to attack someone in the balcony. You ought to be so anointed, that's how bad you are, that when you play, somebody who's watching stream can feel something happen. Sometimes it's not just emotion, it's spiritual warfare that's taking place. So that's why you can't get in yourself when you preach. You can't be in yourself when you pray. You can't be in yourself when you play because through you, the spirit of the living. Problem is, we want to be great before we learn grunt. That ain't fair. That ain't fair. Why was their spirit on Saul like that? Why would you, you need to understand that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft? Uh, when he rebelled, he was cursing himself. God simply allowed that spirit because God makes everything. You don't understand. And God, the devil always works for God. Old boy went back and started working with the sheep. His daddy's sheep. Then he had another job, part-time job, working for Saul as his armor bearer and as his musical therapist. 
Music therapy just didn't jump into the, you know, into psychiatry. Music therapy been going on for a long time. David's job was to be the musical therapist for a guy who is going to try to kill him later. And you think you got problems with your boss. God says, quit tripping and do what I tell you to do. Work as unto the Lord. Stop talking and talking yourself out of what I have for you because you got to learn how to do stuff behind the scenes before lights, camera, and action so you don't embarrass God and everybody. I know y'all don't like this type of word. I know why the enemy was fighting me because all of us want to be a star. But this ain't America's got talent. This ought to be saints got anointing. You got to be at a place where you don't mind doing the grunt work. Y'all look at me on this stage. Most of my life is studying in a dark room, on my face before God, asking God to give me the courage to say what people don't want to hear. Daughter, daughter. Here's what's crazy. Before he met Goliath, his job, play with stinky sheep. Now I got another job. I got to play for a joker who's going to try to kill me. Now my daddy gave me another job. I got to be a gopher. I got to be, I, I, I'm anointed as king. But I go to go between messing with sheep to messing with this joker I don't like, but I got to honor. Now I got to be Uber Eats and take a lunch to some jokers who don't even like me and they in my family. But when you learn how to skip to the sheep, skip to your enemy, and skip to your family who don't like you, then you'll be qualified to meet your Goliath. Ernie, I'm preaching to myself. Steve. Both Steve's. As David, David approaches the battle lines, verse 23 tells us that Goliath came out. He shouts his unusual defiance. Only this time, David hears it. The men are talking amongst themselves, verse 25. Do you hear what he's saying? You know how we talk. The devil's busy. Do you see what's going on? He comes out. He defies Israel. King Saul will give great wealth to the man who deals with this joker. He going to even give him his daughter in marriage. <laughs> David comes up. He said, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What, 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 what will be done, verse 26, for the man who kills this Philistine and removes disgrace from Israel? Then he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living? He's like, who, 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 who is this? Who is, who is this? Who is this? I, I can see the boy was stuck. Who is this? 
don't even get mad no more. We lay down. That devil is just doing things. It's, it's busy. I don't know that devil. I mean, it's just stuff is just happening everywhere. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're going to prepare to defeat your Goliath, you've got to, you've got to remember your identification and your covenant position. You got to know who you are because when you know who you are, you ain't going to take some of the crap that you've been taking. As soon as you get a fresh revelation of who you are, you understand royalty don't live like this. Ro royalty don't put up with this. When you understand that you're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood, there's some stuff, V, that you ain't going to put a baby girl learning early while you're in your teens uh, so that when you're 25 and 35, you understand what you're dealing with. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Do you understand that circumcision meant a purity of heart and it meant that you were in covenant relationship with the living God? He says, who is this joker who is not in covenant with our Lord, has the nerve to come up here and defy the armies of Israel and therefore, therefore he's defying God himself. When you understand who you are, You'll say, how dare depression come against a king? How dare defeat come up again? I wish y'all be indignant every once in a while and just give God a shout of praise. How dare the enemy come up against you? How dare the enemy talk mess against you? How dare you come in this house and mess with my children? How We too pass it. Baby, let's just pray about it. You madder at not hitting the lotto than you are at the devil taking your lunch. Look at somebody tell them, how dare the enemy? You need to understand, when you know your identity, when you know who you are, when you know you're in covenant, you know what you deserve. Even when you don't deserve it because God has it planned for you, you know that it's coming your way. What are you going to give me, God, when I take down my Goliath? I'm going to give you prosperity. I'm going to free you from taxes. I'm going to bless you with a mate. I'm going to bless you going and I'm going to bless you coming. You ought to know that you deserve to be the head and not the tail. That you deserve to be above and not beneath. You deserve to have new territory. You only thing that's standing between you and what God has for you is you letting that devil sit on you. You letting that giant sit on you. The giant ain't even touched you, but the giant then talked you out of you, and you afraid of what could happen. So what if they do it? Has not God delivered you before? If they walk, hasn't not God provided for you before? If they fire you, has not God met your need before?
I ain't trying to preach you happy. I'm trying to get you to do what God has ordained for you to do because you keep messing around with God. And part of it, the reason you, you don't go and get your stuff is because before you defeat your giant enemy, you got to learn how to negotiate your familial and your familiar enemies. Somebody say familial. That's family. Familiar. That's jokers who think they know you. You got to learn how to fight the little imps before you get to the big imps. Here's the deal. The little imps are more effective because they get close enough to cut you in your intimate spaces. I'm going to go and I'm going to hurry up. I got too much word for you today. Familial. Look at verse 28. Please stay in your book. When Eliab, the oldest guy in David's family, heard David speaking, inquiring about what the king going to do, he burned with anger at him and asked him, what you come down here for? And with whom did you leave them few sheep in the desert? This is brother now. I know how conceited you are. I know how wicked your heart is too. You came here just to watch us get our tail whooped. David said, can't I even speak? This is his brother. His oldest brother who should have been protecting him. Questions his baby brother's motives. Questioned and diminished what he did for a living. You ain't nothing but a sheep. Heard or not, you think you something because you working with Saul, but you can see you ain't doing nothing but carrying lunch, you little weak joker. You ain't even old enough to be in the army, you little 19-year-old. You ain't even 20 yet, sucker. What you doing down here talking to us up? And then he questioned his character. I know how prideful you are and how conceited you are. You get wicked in your heart. Yeah, I heard God said that you was a man after his own heart, but I want to counter what God has spoken over your life because you ain't who God says that you are, and all it takes is a family member, somebody close who think they know you best, who you looking for affirmation. Your mama can't give you affirmation. Your daddy can't give you affirmation because they weren't anointed enough to do what God has ordained for you to do and they too weak enough to affirm you in what you do it because they mama and daddy didn't affirm them and they, they were, and see and the God they know that God has called you to go to the front line but you're so busy trying to you're thirsty trying to get affirmation from somebody who ain't is a dry dead sea and they don't never had no oil and water to put on you in the first place I don't care if they are your relative who can hurt you better than someone who 
who was in the crib with you? Who can do you in better than the one who knew that you used to wet the bed? Who can get you worse than the one who knows what your weaknesses are and knows what your allergies are? But what you need to see in verse 30, that he turned away from his brothers and went to somebody else. You got to learn how to turn when mama can't affirm you. You got to turn when your brother can't affirm you. You got to turn when your wife can't affirm you. You got to turn. I'm trying to help somebody take a turn in their life. So I don't know why they talking about me. I don't know why they always saying stuff about me. I don't know why they're going to talk about you if you go after your giant. They're going to talk about you if they talk you out of getting your giant because you was weak enough to let them talk you out of getting your giant. I wish I had some folk up in here would stop listening to dream killers and, and vision busters. And I wish you go after what God... Y'all need to understand, it's, it's all Bible. The greatest critics are in your own house. You go home and read Numbers 12. Miriam, Aaron, Moses' sister, Moses' brother. They got mad at him because he picked a black woman from Ethiopia to be his wife. And the Bible says, they, 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 they started saying, does God only speak to Moses? In other words, God speak to us too. It's family who don't understand the anointing on your life, who will talk you out of what God has for you. But here's what you need to understand. Miriam, God said, call Aaron, call Miriam to the tent. And God came down in a glory cloud. When the glory cloud lifted, Mary Miriam had leprosy. And it was Moses who had to intercede to get God to heal her. Y'all ain't hear me. The very jokers that talk about you, even in your house, will be the very ones that God's going to use you to stand in the gap. And I gotta hurry up. No, 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 no. Something half of y'all sleep. No, half of y'all sleep. That's why the enemy taking your lunch. Because you got prayer partners, girlfriends, boyfriends, and people who are talking you out of your dream, and you don't have enough power to turn. I know they're fine and they're turning you out, but you need to learn how to turn. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to hurry up. Because David, 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 he turned from him, but Saul heard that David was inquiring. <laughs> and verse 32, David went to Saul and said, hey, man, uh, uh, don't lose heart on account of the Philistine. Um, your servant, me, I was going to fight for you. First thing Saul says is, you cannot fight him. This man has been a warrior since birth. 
you are only a child, a boy. Queen Rabina, it's the persons that have your same last name. And then it's the people that you work with, you hang with. You may even serve them. But because they don't know you, they will talk you out of what God has for you. Y'all are here. Saul ain't never slew no giant. But here he is giving expert, carnal expertise on how the boy ought deal with the giant. The problem is you get too much commentary and counsel from people who don't know as much as you. But because they present like a king and they walk like a queen and they talk trash like a queen don't mean that they're royalty. Because they can hold the position and they have no more anointing as a matter of fact. They got an evil spirit on them because of their disobedience, even though they write in church. Y'all ain't hearing me up in here. So you got to be discerning as to who you take advice from because not everything that tickles you is good for you. Then you got to learn. I'm going to just hurry up because y'all got to go and you're ready to go somewhere. You got to learn that it is your giant and not their giant. First thing Saul wants to do is take his equipment and put it on David. Say, here, since you're going to go, you need to put this on. David says, I can't wear this. This stuff here doesn't fit me. You keep allowing other people to put on you. They keep projecting on you what you ought to do. And God says, you need to understand, it ain't a giant. It's your giant. And you got to go at the giant the way I've ordained for you to go at the giant. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Ain't nobody like you. So why are you trying to do it like somebody else doing it when God says, I've ordained for you to do it? Shake off their battle clothes and put on your own because you remember what God did for you. He said when uh, the bear came, when the lion came, I took it and I destroyed it. God says, what I've done for you before, I'll do for you again. If I blessed you before, I'm... understand that what the enemy does is use the same old tricks to keep you. That intimidation is about control. If I can make you think you can't open the door, I don't have to worry about you opening the door. If I make you think you ain't nothing and ain't nobody gonna want you, 
I can keep you close to me and beat the hell out of you. If I can make you think that you ain't marketable, I'll abuse you Monday through Friday, and you won't even try for the next position because you didn't listen to uh, the career pimp keep you from doing what God has ordained for you to do. The enemy never stops using his mouth over your life, and the problem is you hurt by the words and don't understand that it's a spirit. Uh, you need to understand, when they intimidate you, fear is a spirit. And God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So what the enemy does is uses the same old tricks in verse 43. says, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. The Philistine cursed David by his God. Because you're looking at the giant, but it ain't about the giant. It's about the spirit behind the giant. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You got to learn how to fight spirit with spirit and stop talking to devils because you ain't talking to... I'm trying to help somebody up in here because you need to understand that it's spiritual warfare. David said in verse 45, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. You take words that are spirit and you got to speak word that is spirit you come at me with javelin and with sword but i come at you in the name of the lord god almighty there's power in the name of jesus at the name of jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess I'm going to go on because it's 1137. No, no, they're going to say I preach too long. And thus saith the Lord, you've been held captive too long. We love that Sunday school lesson. He took five and threw stones. He took the one shoe, put it over his head. You come at me with javelin, sword, and spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And he flung the stone. Stone went through the air, and he hit him square in the forehead. Can I help somebody up in here? I don't care how you preach it. I don't care how you hoop it. If you don't walk by faith, and not by sight that devil ain't going nowhere you gotta learn how to run at your goliath and stop avoiding the goliath when you throw it by faith you gotta put a word on it no weapon formed against me shall prosper bang your tongue shall cleave to the roof of your mouth. 
bang, you come in one direction, but you flee in seven directions. Bang, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against me. When you bind a strong man, you can take him captive. Do I have anybody up in here who's tired of the devil? Your devil has got to fall. Your enemy has got to fall. Put a word on it and watch God. You got to get in the word. You got to learn how to speak the word. You got to learn how to act on the word. Tavy told that joker, today, you're going to be food for the carcasses. Today, I'm going to slap you down. Today, I'm going to cut off your head. Today, your reign stops. Today, it's over. Some of y'all need to go back home. Bang, bang, knock open the door. It's over today. This is done. The enemy never reigns in this house anymore. It's done. I'm free. External, internal, giant. Really? As anointed as you are, as gifted as you are, you're going to let it talk you out of what he has for you? You scared to start the business because the giant is telling you, it's bad out here in this economy. You know, you need security these days. You don't need If you die, It don't make no difference what you got. <laughs> I, I, I quit. Stand your feet. Just, just push somebody. Just tell them, get rid of that giant. Get rid of him. You at home, throw a house shoe at him. Tell him, get rid of that giant. If you're not sure you're saved, you don't have a church home, God says, come on. There's the giant of church hurt that's standing between you and your destiny. God says, come on. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast of New Faith Baptist Church International. If this message has been a blessing to your life, we ask that you please partner with us by sowing a seed of faith so we can continue to extend the body of Christ. Join us as we continue to move forward by faith. Hey.